The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. The blessing of the Lord is what makes. And look at what it makes. It says, it maketh rich. Not poor. How many of you would like to be poor here? (laughs) Has anybody desired poverty before? I know a lot of people say, oh, the church is only preaching about prosperity, blessing. Now, what do you want us to preach about? Do you want me to come and teach you on how to be poor? (laughs) Now, if you see an advert, how to be poor, it will be very interesting whoever goes to that that seminar, uh, I'm not sure whether they are real human beings. Nobody wants to be poor. Are you ready for the word? Okay, if you're ready, turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Proverbs chapter 10 verse 22. Our foundational text, Proverbs chapter 10 verse 22. For your information, Proverbs is in the Old Testament. It's right in the middle of your Bible. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22, I read. It says, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. The blessing of the Lord it maketh rich and he addeth no sorrow with it. And we are blessed by the reading of God's word. I am continuing with my series, my teaching that I have titled Benefits of the Blessing and this is part three. Benefits of the Blessing and this is part three. In the previous part, in the part two, we did emphasize on the medium through which the blessing comes. We did talk about how the blessing is transferred, that the blessing is not transferred through the release or the giving of material things, but it is transferred through the spoken word. It is transferred through the release of the power of the blessing. And not only that, we also say that the blessing can only be transmitted through a renewed mind. That if your mind is not renewed, you cannot receive from the Lord. And that's why it's important for us to renew our mind before we can receive the blessing. Are you following me? Now, the question we want to ask is, why is the blessing so important? The blessing is important because that is God's original plan for us. In the beginning, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 28, the Bible says, God said, let us make man in our own image. And in our likeness, 
and in the image of God created he, he, male and female, created he them. And then when you look at verse 28, the Bible says that, and God blessed them. That was God's first words upon man. The Bible says that, and God blessed them. So God's original intention is for us to walk in the blessing. The curse was not part of God's plan. The blessing was God's original intention for man. Now, in part one of this teaching, we did emphasize that man did not do anything before God blessed him. Now notice, God did not just bless Adam, he blessed both Adam and Eve, both the male and the female. So there is nowhere for us to say that only men can be more blessed than women. The blessing was transferred or transmitted to both male and female. God blessed both of them and they have the same equal amount of the blessing. Are you following me? So that's God's original intention for man. That's God's original intention for man. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 10, 22, it says the blessing of the Lord, it maketh. That means the blessing has the power to make. Are you following what I'm saying? It has the power to do what? To make. Because within the blessing, there is a power. Why? Because the blessing comes from a superior and a higher authority, and his name is God. And within God, everything that comes from God is powerful. So within the blessing, it has the power and the ability to make you. To make you. That's why I keep emphasizing that your job is not what makes you rich. Our job is only our source. Sorry, our job is the channel through which the blessing comes. God is our source. The word is our supply. He uses systems, people to bring in the blessing to us. So, our job is not our source. Your boss is not your source. We need to understand that. So, the blessing of the Lord is what makes. The blessing of the Lord is what makes. And look at what it makes. It says, it maketh rich. Not poor. How many of you would like to be poor here? Has anybody desired poverty before? No. I know a lot of people who say, oh, the church is only preaching about prosperity, blessing. Now, what do you want us to preach about? Do you want me to come and teach you on how to be poor? <laughs> now, if you see an advert, how to be poor, it will be very interesting, whoever goes to that, that seminar, I'm not sure whether they are real human beings. Nobody wants to be poor. Nobody wants. Now, if, if I've also said that 
we have to understand that what you criticize, you can attract. So you don't criticize people who are working in the blessing. If you want to be blessed, don't criticize people who are working in the blessing. Now, if you criticize people who are working in the blessing, in effect, what you're saying is that you don't want the blessing to come to you. Are you following what I'm saying? So, God wants us to walk in the blessing. And being rich is not evil. Say amen to that. Being rich is not evil. If it were to be evil, why do you go to work? How many of us work here? I'm just checking. All of us work, isn't that right? Now, why do we wake up early in the morning to go to work? We go looking for money, right? Now, if money is so evil, if money is so bad, why do we work for it? So money is not bad. Money is not evil. Money takes on the nature or the character of who has it. Now, this jacket that I'm wearing has taken on my shape. It's taken on my character. It's taken on my nature. So every time I move, the jacket also makes a movement. If another person wears this jacket now, it will take on the nature of that person. It's the same with money. Money takes on the nature of the one who has it. Amen? So if money is in in the hands of a drug dealer, guess what he will do with it? You do drugs. Why? Because money takes the nature of the one who has it. If money is in the hands of a philanthropist, someone says it's a big word. It simply means someone who, who does good. Amen. Someone who goes about villages building stuff and helping humanity. Now, if money is in the hands of such a person, guess what he will do with it? He will do good. So, money basically just takes on the nature of whoever have, has it. So, the Bible says that the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he added no sorrow with it. So, that means this blessing comes with no sorrow. There are some blessings that comes with sorrow. And that, the source of that blessing is the devil. There are some riches that comes with what? Sorrow. There are some people who have money and they can't sleep. That's sorrowful money. Some people do drugs and their money comes from drugs. It's a sorrowful wealth. They can't sleep. They are always changing address. They are always looking behind them. Who is chasing me? Are you following what I'm saying? So, This blessing that comes from the Lord comes without sorrow. It comes with peace of mind. It comes with tranquility. You are at peace. When you sleep, you snore. This is the kind of blessing when you are in it and you sleep, you do what? You snore. And you snore in gears. Gear one, gear two, Gear three, gear four. And there's nothing wrong with that, praise God. 
There's nothing, I don't know why they, they made medications for people who snore, snore raising. Now, it simply means you're blessed. As the effect of snoring simply means the person is walking in the blessings. Yeah. His mind is at peace. People who snore don't think about their environment. They are at peace. Now, have you noticed that when you snore, you can't sleep around people you're not comfortable with? You're careful. <laughs> when you start dozing, you quickly come back up and then you ask, did I snore? <laughs> but when you are comfortable around someone, you don't, you don't think that's peace. I remember on Sunday I was saying that when you love someone, their snoring doesn't offend you. Your husband or your wife's snoring doesn't offend you because you are in love. But if you don't love them, <laughs> if you don't love them and they are sleepy and they start snoring, you start pushing them. <coughs> Come leave the man or the woman alone. Praise God. So the blessing gives peace. And please hear me, when we talk about the blessing, we're not only talking about financial or material wealth. The blessing is all-compassing. The blessing is whole. It's spirit, soul, and body. Third John 1, 2. God's desire for us, he says, Beloved, I wish above all things, all things, not some things, how many things? All, all things. things. He said, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. Now, being in health is also part of the blessing. Have you heard the statement, wealth, health is wealth before? You've heard that before. So being in health also means the blessing. Now what's the point? You have all the money in the world, but you can't enjoy it. You don't have the health to enjoy it. So God's desire for us is to prosper and be in health even as our soul Prosperous. Say amen to that. Amen. So quickly, we want to ask this question again. What is the blessing? What is the blessing? The blessing is simply defined as an empowerment to prosper. An empowerment to prosper. So that means when the blessing is upon you, God empowers you to prosper. And notice, I said prosperity is not just material or financial. Prosperity is all-encompassing. Prosperity in your relationship. Prosperity in your marriage. Your children are prospering. What is prosperity to your children? They are doing well at school. Are you following what I'm saying? So God wants us to be empowered to prosper in every area of our lives. 
in every area of our lives. Please write this down. Jesus died so that you and I can walk in the fullness of the blessing. Jesus Christ died for you and I so that we can walk in the fullness of the blessing. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. It says, Christ, Christ there means the anointed one, and his anointing has redeemed us, has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now, if the curse was good for man, Christ wouldn't have died to redeem us from it. Is that right? So, Christ died to redeem us from the curse of the law. Now, being made a curse for us, for it is written, curse is every one that hung on a tree. Why? So, verse 14 can become applicable to us. It says that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So Jesus died on the cross for us so that we can receive the blessing of Abraham. So that we can receive the blessing of Abraham. So God's desire for you and I is to walk in the blessing. Say amen. amen. Because you can only attract what you appreciate or what you value. That's why you only spend your money on the things you like or the things you love. If you don't like it, you don't spend money on it. Have you ever seen someone go shopping and say, oh, I don't like this dress, but I'll still buy it? No. You only buy it because you like it. You are attracted by the things that you like. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. It says, for ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich. Now listen. This is the Bible. We came to meet the Bible here, right? I didn't put this in the Bible. Is that correct? Now, it says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was what? Rich. That though he was what? Rich. Who is he talking about? Who is the scripture talking about? Jesus. Oh, I want to hear you. Who is the scripture talking about? Jesus. So, the Bible says that Jesus... Was what? Rich. Jesus was what? Rich. Was Jesus poor? No. <laughs> was Jesus poor? No. Now I know some people say, oh, Jesus was poor. Jesus was poor. So Christians must be poor. Was Jesus poor? No. What does the Bible say? It says, for, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was, Rich. that though he was, that though he was, now if he is rich, that means riches, being rich is a good thing. Yeah. Amen? Amen. If, he, if he, Jesus, was rich, that means being rich is 
a good thing. Somebody even sang about it. I wanna be rich. Oh yeah. How many of you have heard that song before? Have you heard it before? You haven't. When were you born? Were you born in the 90s or in the 20s? You were born in the 50s. So you should know this song. Somebody sang. They said, I want to be rich. Oh yeah. I want to be That's how they sang it. They want to be rich. So they sang about it. So the Bible says that Jesus Christ, though he was rich, for your sakes, he became what? He became what? He became what? For whose sake? Why did he? For whose sake? For whose sake? For my sake. Not for his sake. For your sake and my sake, he became what? He became what? He took your place and my place so we can take his place. Oh, glory. This is good. This is good. It says, yet for your sake he became poor, that you through his poverty might become what? Rich. Might become what? Rich. Might become what? Rich. Praise God. So Jesus became poor, so you and I might become rich. Now, if you fight this, I don't know. This is good stuff. Why would you fight being rich. Why would you fight being rich? Because Jesus took our place so we can take his place. So you have a blood bought right to be rich. Say amen to that. Oh, say a good amen to that. So if somebody criticizes you for being rich, that's their cup of tea. But I'm telling you, if you can dissect people's mind and see what is in it, you'll be shocked. They want to be as rich as you are. So God's desire for us is to reach, to be rich. That's why Jesus became poor, so that you and I might be rich. Please hear me, this is very important. If your mind is not renewed, you cannot fully experience the benefits of the blessing. And as much as Jesus has done all this for us, if your mind is not renewed, you cannot accommodate what God has given you. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may be able to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now notice what the Bible is saying. It says you have, you don't have to be conformed to this world. To be conformed means to take on the form of the world. This, this water has taken on the form of the glass, of the cup. Is that correct? 
That's what the Bible is saying. It says, be not conformed to this world. Somebody will say, how can I be in the glass and not take on the form of the glass? Remember what Jesus said? You are in the world, but you are not of this world. So if I'm going to be in this world and not take on the form of the world, the only way I can do that is by the renewing of my mind. Now look what he says. It says, but be transformed. To be transformed, the word trans means to go beyond. Trans. Transatlantic. Go beyond the Atlantic. Trans means to go beyond something. It says to be transformed. That means to go beyond the form of the world. To go beyond the form of this world. It says to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And what do we use to renew our mind? What do we use to renew our mind? The word. Why? Because the Bible says the word is the washing of the water. The word. So every time you come to church and you hear the word, guess what's happening? You are renewing your mind. You are taking off the old and putting on the new. You are taking off the old, the old nature, the old system, the old thinking. You are doing that by putting on the new. See, by renewing of your mind, now, until your mind is renewed, you can't even prove what it is good. That's what the Bible is saying. It says that you may be able to prove that which is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. So that means until your mind is renewed, you can't even prove what the perfect will of God is. Do you know why many people struggle to know what the will of God is for them? Because their mind is not renewed. The only way you can know the will of God is to go into the word of God. The will of God is revealed in the word of God. The will of God is not in a so-called prophet somewhere. The will of God for your life is not in a prophet, quote and unquote, as a man or a woman, someone called, have a title, a prophet or a prophetess. If you want to know the will of God for your life, where do you go? To the word. Why? Because the word of God is a sure word of prophecy. And it's not private. So if a prophet tells you, see me in hotel room number 21. And I will give you a prophetic word. You know what's going to happen, don't you? Or you don't know. You don't go. Because that's deception. Are you following what I'm saying? So to know the will of God for your life, you have to go into the word. You have to be a Christian who, is, who loves the word. How does faith come? How does faith come? By hearing and the continuous hearing of what? Of the word of God. Romans 10, 17. That's how faith comes. So every time we hear the word, faith comes. That means if faith comes, faith can go. Faith only comes by the hearing of the word. 
So if we don't hear the word, faith goes. The same way faith comes is the same way faith goes. Faith comes by hearing the word and faith goes by not hearing the word. Are you following me? Yes. So it's very important. If we are going to walk in the blessing, our mind has to be renewed. Why must our mind be renewed so we don't fight the blessing? <laughs> mm, thank you, Lord. Do you know that some people cannot sit on certain sofas because their mind is not renewed? A sofa that's very expensive. They see, they say, what? I can't sit on this. They're scared to sit on it. They're scared. Their mind is not renewed. There are certain carpets they can't step on. When they go into a rich man's house and they see the carpet, they say, do you think I should step on it? Carpet is for the foot. Are you following what I'm saying? Some people, when they go to a rich man's house, when they sit down, all they do is they keep looking around. <laughs> so this one is in this world. <laughs> Your mind is not renewed. You can't handle it. It's too much for your mind. They're like, what? So people live like this in this world? Now, let me give you a clue. When you go to such places, don't just pretend you've seen it before. <laughs> Even if you have not seen it, just pretend. Oh, this is nothing. Just sit on that sofa, sit on it like you have authority over it. Are you following what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, mercy, Lord, mercy. Are you following what I'm saying? God wants you to walk in the blessing. Amen. But the only way we can walk in the blessing is for our mind to be renewed. Because God can't pour the new into an old mind. That's what, that's what Jesus said. Jesus said, you know, no one will pour a new wine into an old wine scheme. Is that not what Jesus said? Yeah. What is the old wine scheme? The old mindset. The new wine has the power to stretch the wine scheme. So if the wine scheme is not new, when the new wine goes into the wine scheme, it stretches it. And the moment it is stretched, guess what happened? It bursts. That's why our mind has to be renewed. So, because if your mind is not renewed, when the blessing comes, you will fight it. You will fight people who are working in the blessing. That's why I don't fight anyone who is in the blessing. No. One day, I want this church to be the largest church in the world. I don't fight pastors who currently have the largest church in the world. Never. I'll never criticize them. Because what you criticize, you can't attract. 
Have you noticed that when you criticize people, they don't want to come close to you? No one wants to be near, you know, every time someone comes to you, a critical spirit. You know, every time someone comes to you, you know, a critical, you, you have a critical spirit. Nobody wants to be around people who, are, who have a critical spirit. Are you following what I'm saying? It's very important. It's very important. So God wants you to walk in the blessing. But the only way you're going to walk in the blessing is when your mind is renewed. And the renewing of your mind is your responsibility, not God's responsibility. It's your responsibility. You have to take your time to study the word, to see what God says concerning you. You must never die broke. Amen? Amen. You must never die a poor man or a poor woman. You must die a very rich man and a very rich woman. Say a good amen. Amen. Don't don't hate the blessing. Hallelujah. Now, in as much as the blessing has been made available for us, the blessing needs a channel to flow through. How many of you know that? The blessing needs a channel to flow through. This is where many Christians are stuck. They confess the blessing. They declare the blessing. But they are not seeing the manifestations of the blessing. Why? Because there is no channel. There is no channel. Now let's quickly go and look at the channel through which God sends the blessing through to us. Before that, let's read this scripture and I'll show you something quickly and we'll go there. Psalm 1, verse 1 to 3. The book of Psalms, chapter 1, from verse 1 to 3. I read, it says, Blessed is the man that walked not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sit, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. How many of you want to walk in the blessing? This is a quick and a simple advice to you. If you want to walk in the blessing, you must not associate yourself with the ungodly. Now, the Bible is clear. The Bible says that evil communication corrupts good manners. Is that true? Yeah. Now, if somebody who is ungodly is in the circle of your friendship, not long from now, they're going to lead you in an ungodly ways. I've always said that you have to be careful of the advice of bitter divorcees. Someone who has bitterly divorced, counseling another married couple, they'll pass on the toxic to them. You say, notice this sign. If the man wants to cheat on you, these are signs. Three signs that he's cheating. Four signs that she's cheating. Watch. (laughs) 
Now why? Because they don't want you to enjoy your marriage. Because they have been bitterly divorced, they are angry with every man. They think every man in the world is evil. Or every woman is a cheater. That's their mindset. So every time they want to counsel, they'll give you a wrong counsel. Out of the well of bitterness. That's why you have to be careful, your friends, especially married couples. You have to be careful who speaks into your marriage. If you have friends who beat their wives, oh, not long, you start beating your wife. If you have friends who drink, all your friends are drinkers and smokers, and you don't, not long, not long, you start doing what they do. That's why the Bible says that blessed is the man that walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and is in his law does he meditate what? Day and night. That should be our focus. We must meditate on the word how many times? Day and night. And then look at what happens after that. Verse 3. It says, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall what? Whatsoever he doeth shall what? Whatsoever he doeth shall what? It shall prosper. Now, so for the blessing to have a channel, there must be something you're doing. The doing is the channel. It says whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So if you sell water, it shall what? If you sell books, it shall what? If you sell hair, it shall what? Whatsoever he doeth shall what? Now whatsoever there must be in line with the word. Must be in line with the word. You sell pencils, it shall what? Prosper. You sell salt, it shall what? Prosper. You sell shoes, it shall what? Prosper. Whatsoever, there is no limitation. Whatsoever he doeth, it shall prosper. That's a blessing. But the blessing needs a channel for it to come through. And the channel is what we do. Is a work we do. Is the work we do. Now, in as much as I believe that it's not everyone that is going to be an employer or self-employed, some people are going to be employees, I would encourage every Christian to become either self-employed or an employer. Why am I saying that? Because when God blesses the works of your hands, and you are an employee, that blessing reflects in the work of your employer. Are you following me? Now, for instance, Joseph was blessed. 
The Bible says in the book of Genesis 39 verse 2, the Bible says that Joseph was blessed because God was with him. But Joseph's blessing reflected in the house of Potiphar. Even though he was blessed, the blessing was reflecting in the house of Potiphar because he was an employee of Potiphar. But God doesn't just want us to be employees. He wants to bless us so that the blessing can reflect in our lives so we can demonstrate that blessing by the propagation of the gospel. Are you following what I'm saying? Now the blessing is not just for you to buy a nice car. That's part of it. It's good. Nice house. Praise God. It's good. Children go to private school. Praise God. It's all good. All these things are good. But that's not just all. Part of being blessed is to make sure the gospel reaches every corner of the earth. The gospel goes to every corner. Schools are being built in villages. Are you following what I'm saying? So, when, when God blessed Joseph, Potiphar's house saw the blessing. Joseph didn't see the blessing. The blessing reflected in Potiphar's house. Because the blessing, the effect of the blessing went to Potiphar's house. That's why you must find something and do. Do something. Sell something. Sell a shoelace. Sell something. Just look for something and sell. Because Psalm 1 verse 3 says, Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So that's the channel through which the blessing must come. Listen, when the blessing is upon you, whatsoever you do prospers. Whatever you do, that's in line with the word, it prospers. That is what made Jacob prosper in everything he did. So let's quickly look at Jacob and then we'll close. Amen. Are you getting something out of this? Now Genesis chapter 30 from verse 25. We're going to look at a very important case studies of how the blessing works. The channel through which it comes. You have to create something for it to come. Yes, you might be uh, employed now, but create something by the side. Start something. Start something small. Start a tabletop business. Start something. And, and let, let it be something you can say, this is, this is mine. Sell a bag. Sell a shoe. Sell something. Anything you can find, just, I mean, sell food, sell, just do something. Something you can call your own. Put at least five hours in it each week until it starts growing. And then you cut down from your, your main job a little bit. Give yourself five years, five years down the line, you own your own. Five years down the line, you are your, your, your own boss. Nobody can tell you to come to work on a Sunday. You can serve God on a Sunday and whatever day you want. Praise God. Are you following what I'm saying? How long are you going to work in that place for? 30 years, 40 years? 
and then your pension comes, it can't even take care of you for one week. That's not God's will. That's not God's will. Amen. So God wants to bless the works of our hands, but we have to use, look for means to get something doing. And a classical example is Jacob. You know the story of Jacob? Jacob stole his brother's blessing, not really his brother's blessing, because his brother traded the blessing. He bought the blessing before the blessing was transferred. So the father Isaac gave him the blessing, and Esau wanted to kill him. The mother Rebekah said to him, Go, run away far. And then they went to, he went to Laban. You remember Laban? And he served for. 14 years, for seven years for his first wife. Laban cheated him, and then he has to serve for another seven wives for the second wife, and, and, and so on and so forth. And whilst he was working, Laban was his employer. So I want us to look at something very important and see how Jacob was able to, to transition from being an, an employee to an employer. I want you to observe something. Now, Genesis chapter 30 from verse 25, I read, the Bible says, and it came to pass when Rachel had born Joseph, Jacob said unto Laban, send me away that I may go unto mine own place and to my country. Give me my wives and my children for whom I have served thee and let me go for thou knowest my service which I have done thee. And Laban said unto him, I pray thee, if I have found favor in thine eyes, tarry, for I have learned my experience that the Lord has blessed me for thy sake. Can you see that? Now, even the world doesn't want to let you go because they have noticed that because of you, my company is getting blessed. So they won't let you go. And hear me, no employer will truly pay you for your value. And some of you need to leave here today, this week, put in a new proposal and ask for a raise in your salary. Say, boss, come sit down. We need to negotiate my hourly rate. Yeah. It's happened in this church. I was teaching like this and I said, Go to work and go and negotiate your hourly rate. And someone in this church went and did that and their hourly rate or salary was increased. Do you want to know the truth of the matter? Your boss will never pay you what you truly deserve. <laughs> That's a world system. That's a world system. The system in the world is a Babylonian system. It's a slavery system. That's why after you are dead and gone, they don't care. They only bring you a flower at your funeral and that's it. The company still moves on. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, I'm not saying be disloyal at your workplace. Work hard. Be diligent. Be the best employee. But you can renegotiate your salary. And I see that somebody doing that this month. 
I say, I see it happening this month. Amen. Your salary will be increased this month. Amen. I said, oh, Pastor, I'm scared. Now, if you work diligently, you shouldn't be scared to go and ask for a raise. Now, don't go to work and take a toilet break for 30 minutes and go stay in the toilet for 30 minutes. That's, that's not right. You don't smoke. And you say, boss, can I take a 15-minute cigarette break? You don't smoke. So what are you taking a cigarette break for? When you go on lunch break, you know what time you're supposed to come back, and you don't come back on time. You're always late for work. Always late to work. Oh, today it was a bus. Today it was a train. Oh, my car broke down. You're always late. Come on, that's not a good reflection of who we are as Christians. Jacob was very hardworking. Laban saw that because of Jacob, his business was getting blessed. Can that be a testimony about you? Can your boss say, for your sake, I am blessed? Can your boss say, for your sake, this company is blessed? Are you nice to customers? Instead, you speak to customers anyhow. You are there because of the customers, remember? Wow, I'm teaching something really good today. Customers always have the right. Oh, not here, not in this company. Not here, not here. Come on. Okay, let's not go any further. Verse 28, the Bible says that he said, appoint me thy wages and I will give it. Can you, can you see what's happening here? Laban is telling Jacob, appoint me your wages and I'll give it. That's an employer who knows that this employee is valuable. Can your employer say that about you? Appoint your wages. Now the, the, the word appoint your wages there means tell me how much you want to be paid and I'll give it to you. Can someone say that about you? When you say, I want to resign, does your boss say, ask you when? When they say when, that means you are not an asset. You, you've been a liability in the company. Oh, I want to resign. When? I've been meaning to let you go long ago. When? When are you going to resign? Laban said, appoint for me your wages and I will give it. Not I will pay it, I will give it. Verse 29, and he said unto him, look at, look at, now I want you to notice what's happening. Something very interesting is happening here. There is a, an excellent and a clever negotiation going on right here between Jacob and Laban. Now, I know if your boss asks you, appoint your wages and I'll give it, you say, 
maybe you are earning maybe let's say 50 pounds an hour. You say, okay, make it 100 pounds an hour. But you have to look at the future. Think about the future. Look at Jacob's response. The Bible says, and he said unto him, thou knowest how I have served thee and how thy cattle was with me. So Jacob is not looking for the fruits. He's looking for something very interesting. Very, very interesting. Verse 30. It says, For it was little which thou had before I came. Your flock business, your cattle business was little before I, Jacob, came. And it is now increased unto a multitude. Do you see the effects of people who walk in the blessing? Everywhere they enter, anything they enter into increases into multitudes. Say a good amen to that. Jacob said, when I came into this company, it was a small business. It was a tabletop business. But because of me, your business has increased unto a multitude. And the Lord has blessed thee since my coming. Oh, I love that. God has blessed you, Laban, since I came here. So I'm the reason, I'm the secret behind the increase and the blessing. And now when shall I provide for my own house? So see, see, see how Laban was cheating him. Jacob was working hard, 20 years, hard labor. <laughs> Yet Laban was not paying him what he deserved. Oh, when I see scriptures like this, I just want to tabernacle around it. I just want to stay because the word is so sweet. Does it taste in your mouth like it's tasting in my mouth? Yes. Do you feel it in your belly like I feel it? It's so nice. Sometimes you read the scriptures and you wonder, is this really in there? Yes, it's there. Verse 31. It says, and he said, what shall I give thee? And Jacob said, thou shalt not give me anything. That's the mindset of those who walk in the blessing. When you walk in the blessing, you don't go about begging from people. Yes. Why? You don't want someone to say, I blessed you. Yeah, yeah. You don't want them to say, it's because of me. Yeah. That's why, that's where you are where you are today. No, 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 no. The glory goes to God and not to man. Yes. The glory must go to God and not to man. So Jacob said, I don't want anything from you. You will not give me anything. If thou will do this thing for me, I will again feed and keep thy flock. In other words, I don't want anything from you. Nobody can say they are the, the success behind this church. Nobody. 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 Nobody can sit anywhere and say, we made this church. Who are you? Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against 
Can you see the mindset of people who work in the blessing? They don't go about asking people for loan. Oh, can you give me some money? No, 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 no. They don't, they don't ask for the fruit. They ask for the seed. Somebody is praying, oh, let me seal Bill Gates today so I can ask for one million. It will finish. Why don't you ask him the seed, how he made it, the secret. How did he get to where he is now? Verse 32 of Genesis chapter 30. The Bible says, so shall my righteousness answer for me in time to come. When it shall come from my higher before thy face, even everyone that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and brown among the sheep, that shall be counted stolen with me. Now, this is a deep scripture. We don't have the time to, for me to explain it. Now, what Jacob is saying is that I don't want you to give me anything so shall my righteousness answer for me in time to come. So that in time to come, you will not say I have stolen your, your, your business. Are you, are you following what he's saying? He's negotiating his future right here. Laban doesn't know who he's dealing with. It was this same Jacob who bought the birthright from his brother. So he's a very intelligent negotiator. He's an excellent negotiator. He knows how to buy the future today. Jacob knows how to buy the future today. Many of us are wearing our houses as dresses. Many of us, the shoes we have on could buy a piece of garage somewhere here in the UK. Many of us, the cars we are driving can buy a piece of land somewhere in the UK. Many of us, the hair, the hair we have all. <laughs> it's somebody's university degree. We are selling the future. We are mortgaging the future of our children today. But Jacob bought the future cheap. Listen, the future will always be cheap in the present. Write that down. The future will always be cheap in the present. Ten years from now, if you buy ten years from now today, when you get to 10 years from today, whatever you've bought today will be more expensive 10 years from now. So that's what Jacob is saying. Jacob is saying to Laban, you know what? <laughs> I don't want you to give me anything. I want my righteousness to answer for me in the future. Now, let's go through the goat and the sheep business that we have. Let's go through it. It says, everyone that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and the brown among the sheep shall be counted stolen with me. Now, 
I want you to follow his concept to where he's going. Verse 34. And Laban said, Behold, it might be according to thy word. So now, obviously, Laban has seen the goat, the sheep that he has, and he knows that the speckled and the brown are not that much. So he said, oh, okay, don't worry. It's okay, you can have them. But he doesn't know that he's dealing with a very clever negotiator here. Now, when you are dealing with someone who is a, a shrewd businessman, don't always go for the big things they have. Go for the seed. Go for the seed. Next verse, verse 35. The Bible says that, now, after they've agreed on the deal, look at what Jacob did. And he removed that day the goats, the he goats that were ring straight and spotted and were all the she goats that were speckled and spotted and everyone that had some white in it and all the brown among the sheep and gave them into the hands of his sons. Can you see what Jacob is doing? Verse 36, and he set three days journey betwixt, between himself and Jacob, and Jacob fed the rest of Laban's flocks. And Jacob, verse 37, took him rods of green poplar and of the hazel and chestnut tree and peeled white streaks in them and made the white appear which was in the roads. Rods. Verse 38. And he set the rods which he had peeled before the flocks in the gutters in the watering troughs when the flock came to drink that they should conceive when they come to drink. Now I want you to notice what's happening here. This is a very clever concept. Now what Jacob is doing is that he has peeled the poplar. He's placed it around where the sheep and the goats, where they mate. And where they drink the fertile ground. And it's like a, an image. He places it before them. So when they come to drink and they are mating, they see an image. Can you see what's happening? They always see an image. And he knows that the image you see is the image you become. That's his concept. He knows that what the goats, the sheep see, they will definitely become. That's why it's so important what you see. Your eye gate is the, your eyes is the gate to your heart. What you see is important. One day we'll take time and go into this a bit more deeper. We don't have the, enough time to explain it in detail. Verse 39. The Bible says, and the frogs conceived before the rods, which rods, the ones that he has peeled, and brought forth cattle, ring straight, speckled, and spotted. <laughs> Just as they saw. What they saw during mating, they gave birth to it. And Jacob did separate the lambs and set the faces of the flocks towards the ring streak and all the brown in the flock of Laban and he put his own flocks by themselves and put them not onto Laban's cattle. So there's a separation now. 
he separated his own from Laban's own. Follow me, verse 41. The Bible says, and it came to pass, and whensoever the stronger cattle did conceive, that Jacob laid the the rods before the eyes of the cattle in the gutters, that they might conceive among the rods. 42. When the cattle were feeble, he put them not in. Clever man. He doesn't want weakness in his business. He takes out the weak ones. So the feebler were labors and stronger Jacobs. <laughs> very clever, very intelligent man. <laughs> Labor doesn't know who he's playing with. He doesn't know that this guy carries a blessing. He's a very clever negotiator. Verse 43, the Bible says that, and the man, talking about Jacob, the man increased what? Exceedingly and had much cattle and made servants and men servants and camels and asses. Wow. Say amen to that. Can you see the effect of the blessing? He said to Laban, I don't want anything from you. Let's do this and look at his strategy. He took his time. He mapped out his strategy. Painted an image for the cattle, the sheep and the goats to see. And when they mate, they gave birth to the exact image they saw. They gave birth to the exact image they saw. And he separated them. And when you read further, you know that Laban, Laban's children started, started fighting. They started fighting Jacob. They said, you have gotten all this glory because of our father's property. Jacob said, no, I served your father diligently for 20 years for this. And you know the end of the story, Jacob became bigger and mightier than Laban. Now Laban was there before Jacob went. But because of the blessing, he overtook Laban. I just want you to take time and read this scripture in detail. And you will understand where God wants you to be. Now, at the end of the day, Jacob became self-employed. Not by stealing, not by crook, but by righteousness. That's why he told Laban, Please don't give me anything. You've asked me for my wages, but I don't need it. I just need us to make this deal. And the end of the story was that the blessing, the channel that Jacob used, God poured his blessing upon him. I decree upon you today that God will give you ideas. That God will give you wisdom to be able to allow the blessing to flow through. I decree unto you today that whatsoever your hand touches from today will prosper. I decree upon you today that not long from now the effects of the blessing will be seen in your life. Amen. 
just as Jacob increased exceedingly, I decree that you will increase exceedingly. I said you'll increase exceedingly. I said you'll increase exceedingly. In the name of Jesus. In this land you'll increase. Every land you step into you'll increase. You'll increase exceedingly. I said you'll increase exceedingly. I said you'll increase exceedingly. In less than five years you'll increase exceedingly. In less than 10 years, you will increase exceedingly. The whole world will see your increase. In the mighty name of Jesus. The same wisdom, the same concept, the same ideas that God breathed into Jacob. He'll give you greater dimensions of those ideas. I decree that nothing will stop the flow of the blessing in your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Did you receive it tonight? Yeah. Hallelujah. Let's give Jesus a better praise. The blessing will work in our lives. I said the blessing will work in our lives. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to The Solution Word by Pastor Adama Segbeji. For prayer or further details, please call us on 01293-885000. Or why not visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Solution, Barnfield Road, Northgate, Crawley, RH10, 8HQ. Your experience at Solution is sure to be a time of great blessing. Solution, bringing hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations.